Welcome to the Boy Open Up Podcast, where we go from tangled to unpacked. I'm your emotionally shattered host, Doug Hildreth, <laughs> and with me as always is my codependent black belt, Christine Stacy. What started as a 30-day social media challenge has blossomed into a rapidly growing movement across the globe where we break down life and society through feelings. The topics and discussions on this podcast are adult in nature, so listener discretion is advised. We want to remind everybody that the thoughts and opinions expressed here are solely our own and nobody else's. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and share this podcast with your friends and family. So we started this whole podcast journey to try and help people and help people connect with opening up about their feelings and opening up about where they're at in their lives and learning how to open up about their recovery and just help humans live better lives. Yes. Right? Agreed. That is literally where this all started from. And this week we're going to dive into, I don't even know if you want to call it a pet project, but a passion project Mm -hmm. of mine that I think I've been kind of hurtling towards. Yeah. Oddly, and it feels weird to say this, my entire life. Yeah, I, I feel that way for you as well. <laughs> um, I don't know if I've been hurtling towards it quite the same way, but I think I come with a different perspective mm. that uh, maybe other people will relate to me because I didn't, I guess I didn't know much about it and mm. my assumptions about it were totally wrong. Yeah, and and I wouldn't say that you haven't been hurtling towards it because you were hurtling towards me. (laughs) And we didn't know that, right? Like there was no way to know that, but we were. Mm -hmm. And we've now collided and the universe is on fire. Completely. So, Like all kinds of fire. Yeah, in a good way. No, but what we're talking about, right, in, in all seriousness, is a, is addiction therapy, the recovery process. Uh, obviously, everybody that listens to this knows that I've been clean and sober for over 15 years now. And my journey has been, in a word, remarkable. But that's not a boastful saying. I'm saying that in regards to the fact that my journey has been remarkable because I've walked through so much just in sobriety. Yeah. And I think that every person that gets sober or gets into recovery from some form of addiction has quite a remarkable journey ahead of them if they are to stay in recovery. Yeah. So it's this weird thing where now we're going to start getting into shifting the, the topic because a lot of people see a drug addict as a drug addict and a lot of people see an alcoholic as an alcohol abuser. So they see that whatever the the symptom is, they think that's the cause. So if people see somebody that, if we have a spouse that watches too much pornography, right, the immediate thing is, okay, well, we have to abstain from pornography and you have to stop doing that because that will fix it. Mm-hmm. And that is the overall treatment method to a large degree. You go to treatment and we're going to teach you how to abstain from this thing. We're going to hook you up with a 12-step program that's in line with the defects of your character. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to teach you how to work the steps and have the transformational process that can only be achieved through a higher power or a spiritual awakening. Mm -hmm. 
and this is where it gets dicey because a lot of people are going to throw their arms up, and I'm just going to say it. This is probably going to piss a lot of people off that listen to this. Yeah. What if I told you that the reason that people are addicts and the reason that people abuse things has nothing to do with their proclivity to enjoy those things? What if I told you that my thoughts and my experience in recovery and in the recovery world and in the treatment world center less around the disease model and more and more have come to show and shed light on the fact that it's about trauma treatment and identifying that there is something underneath the addiction. And we talk about this kind of stuff very much in, in the recovery programs and recovery literature that the greater aspect of the disease centers in the mind. The problem is we've always looked at it from this disease model of it being an obsession of the mind, which there is obsession, Mm -hmm. but we're obsessing over relief. That's the thing is that what people don't realize is that what we're obsessing over is relief. And the reason why I've come to feel this way is because I have been through rehab facilities. I have been in the recovery community for 15 years. I have done the work. I have done what is asked of me. I have put myself out there and been available to help others. I still am to this day. I've been of service. I've done all the things that it talks about and that were suggested of us so that we can heal this malady. Yeah. Overcome it. And then I still had manifestations of unhealthy behavior coming out in different ways. And when I went back to the programs or I went back to talking to the people that were supposed to be able to help me and said, this is what's going on. This is where I'm at. Yeah. I was told, well, you need to go get help somewhere else for that. Yeah. And I started really thinking about that. And that was the right answer. They were absolutely right. I did need to go somewhere else for help because they were unequipped to help me with what was going on in my life, yeah. which is fantastic. Those people have showed up for me and been there for me my whole life. So don't think this is a knock on 12-step programs. It's a non-professional organization that does exactly what it's supposed to do. The problem was I had reached a point in my life where new things were coming up and I was unable to solve them the old way or the new way in recovery. It wasn't working. Yeah. I was unable to get out of the cycle. Right. And then I started going to see a therapist. And this was, you know, almost five years ago now. I started going to see this therapist and I went in with the mindset and the legitimate attitude of, hey, look, like on paper, I live a great life and I have nothing to be upset about. I'm not a bad person. I don't drink. I don't do drugs anymore. I'm a good father. Also, I can't stop cheating on my wife. Also, I can't stop watching porn all day. Also, it's happening with numerous people. And I think I'm broken because I've tried to stop and I have the same patterns around it that I did around drugs and alcohol. But applying the same method to fix it hasn't worked. And I remember that we've had this discussion that I think I'm just broken. Yeah. I think something's just broke inside me. And then figuring out it's not so much about being broken. It's about having some very specific incidences in life that I've lived through, incidents in life that I've lived through, that have impacted the way I perceive and respond to the world now. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about this? Yeah. 
I remember specifically you talking very, like, with a lot of, what is the word I'm trying to say? You look like you're, you're mimicking conviction. Yes, a lot of conviction. We should do a dictionary sometime. You, we should. That you are a broken one. Of all the humans out there, you're one that just is broke. Um, and it's interesting, the more we talk about like a 12-step program or... Uh, in my mind, what I was thinking of was like early on uh, churches that I went to and youth groups that I went to. And just the concept that you get conditioned to think of like, you're just broken. And like, how good can you be? Or mm. how much can you overcome? Mm-hmm. How much can you grit out and abstain from the substance that you really want? And are you strong enough? Yeah, to withstand it. Yeah. And unfortunately, you are not. You just chose something else. Yeah. So. Well, and if you're not, right? And I think where you're going to to a good degree is if you're not, then you're not Christian enough. Yep. Or Catholic enough. Yeah. Or Jewish enough or fill in the religion that you've been traumatized by right. or yeah you're not spiritual enough yep. and you're not in tune with God enough and yep. you're not doing these things enough and you're not obviously you're not disciplined pract- enough yeah and you're not practicing rigorous honesty and this is where it gets weird this isn't an aim whatsoever at the 12 step programs mm-hmm. because I love them I'm a part of them and I, I believe there's... in them there's such value to them yeah this is my aim is right at the fucking treatment centers that people are paying tens of thousands of dollars to go to and then they get shitty service in return that doesn't teach them that there's going to be something else. The cessation isn't the solution. That is part of the solution because if what I'm doing is watching porn 24 hours a day or drinking until I fall over and pass out, yes, I have to stop that in order to look at the other things. But we need to start looking for the other things right then and there. Right. While we're in a safe place, while we're around professionals, while we're separated from friends and family and society, because a lot of this is happening inpatient, in facility, for 28, for 60, for 90 days. And it's no fucking wonder that we can only achieve a 15% recovery rate for a year outside of these facilities. So one of our first conversations about this more in depth was with a good friend of ours, of yours. Yeah, uh, ours. Ours, who works at a therapy, what do you call it? At a treatment center. At a treatment center, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, at a world-renowned one. Yes. And I do not have an advanced degree, but I have my bachelor's degree in psychology, and I I knew I never wanted to do counseling, but I always have been fascinated, fascinated with kind of our inner being, our inner psyche, mm. and and the power that it possesses and what people will do. So like a good friend of mine, we she was a psychology major too, and we still to this day always like to talk about cults and what documentary we've watched recently. And we just both are, it's funny because we both knew we wouldn't go into the field necessarily, into sure. counseling or anything, but we just love the, the, the topic. The fascination. Yeah the, yeah, the human psyche is a fascinating subject. Right. And cults are kind of the extreme of like seeing what people will do 
uh, when they're kind of put, uh, I don't know, under, what is the word? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> is it like, are you saying like when they're under a spell? Because that's what Basically it under like. a spell, yes. Well, it's more um, low like what they believe in. It is. And it, like that's the thing. They will do anything when they are fully convicted. Of, yeah. And invested in something. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So anyways, that whole concept, like I've always been super intrigued by it and just kind of figured because it's all, it's something I've done a lot of reading in, I've done a lot of watching documentaries, all this stuff, uh, that I figured most people, I don't know why, most people come at things with that perspective, like peel back the layers, why are we doing what we're doing? Uh, and I just figured that the treatment community, of course, would be in that kind of train of thought. Correct. I just, I don't know, I just figured that's, like treatment centers were a bunch of counselors and counseling that went on and and in peeling back it peels back generally to some traumas that you've had whether they're big or small uh it doesn't even matter uh because each person is different and you can experience a trauma uh from something that for me i don't experience the same effects yeah so anyways when we were having this conversation with him i was shocked to learn I still don't even really believe it that when you go to say an inpatient 28 day program program that the emphasis is on what you're saying like figuring out tools to abstain and there is a level of like going through a process of forgiveness and forgiving yourself and forgiving those around you and there's like really important steps and values that you learn uh, and tools really yeah, natural parts of the healing process. Right. Absolutely. So it's really interesting to me that it, it kind of peels, it's like an onion. I feel like treatment from everything I've learned from you, it peels back maybe a couple really important layers that right. you all have to go through. But we stop right before it gets really real. Yes. Which is really fascinating because it's almost like... This is a terrible comparison, but it's almost <laughs> like the old school gym model uh-huh. where you're just set up for failure. Yeah. Right? Where we want your $30 a month membership, yeah. but we're not going to teach you how to use anything and we're not going to show you how to actually get in shape. Yeah. Because we want you to just keep paying that 30 bucks and not using the equipment because yeah. then we'll pay our equipment off and then it'll be pure profit down the road. Yeah. And I, I know that that's not genuinely why most people are in that business because I know the people that work in that industry that love people that stand on the front lines and that give a real shit about making a difference in humans lives the problem is everybody it seems is looking at the problem from the wrong angle that's what I can't figure out is how is it that modern science and modern medicine has advanced to this degree Mm -hmm. and we're still over here hitting at 15% is the best that we can do. Yeah. And I know that... That is crazy to me. And I know people are going to come back with shit like, well, you got to want it to go get it and they're responsible for doing the work. They got to want to put in the work. The reality of it is is that a lot of us who end up in an inpatient rehab facility have agreed to go there Mm -hmm. because nobody can keep us. Mm -hmm. We're grown-up adults most of the time. You can't force us into an institution like that. Right. So when we go, it's of our own volition, even though we have 
no real idea what sobriety or what recovery or, or anything like that is going to look like or what the journey will be like, yeah. we're already fucking crying out for help because we're medicating ourselves right. to an unhealthy and toxic level. Yeah. That's how you get to rehab. That's how you get into therapy and treatment is when you've medicated beyond what a normal person's doing. So the average person who listens to this might not understand what it's like to abuse a substance or abuse something. But I bet you can relate to scrolling on your phone endlessly when you're frustrated with your spouse. Mm -hmm. I bet you can relate to playing on a game endlessly when you don't want to deal with your kids. Yeah. Right? We all have those things we do to numb our feelings. Right. The difference is yours doesn't ruin your life. Yeah. But I could argue that it does send a really fucked up message to the person that you're ignoring. Yeah. And that's the thing is that people like me are ones that never learned how to process through those emotions. Mm-hmm. And then for me, like obviously I had a lot of traumatic events in my life and in my childhood mm-hmm. that just were not something that I was capable of walking through. And our family's lifestyle and dynamic was not one where it fostered the ability to process and live through those in a healthy way. Yeah, We all were stuck trying to figure out how to navigate a lot of life, basically on our own. Yeah. My parents included. They were doing the fucking best they knew how. They're good human beings. Right. And I feel that as parents, they've continued to get better as we have gotten older. Yeah, They've been just pretty impressive to be perfectly honest but the reality of it is is that we get into these places and it's just like you said we're going to peel back the first couple layers and we're going to say well obviously we drink and use because we don't know how to deal with how we feel why don't we know how to deal with how we feel Mm -hmm. why aren't we asking more questions why are we asking about drug use and those kind of things why aren't we asking about what was your childhood like yeah what do you think about yourself Why aren't we digging into those things in a safe environment and giving people an opportunity to finally see that outlet and finally take a look at their life and realize you're not fucking broken? Yeah. You're not. You're dealing with things in an inappropriate manner and you're creating a lot of wreckage. You're a good person. You're just dealing with shit the wrong way. And So for me, it's this weird thing where I'm almost to the point where I'm fed up with the way things are being done and the way people are dying. Well, based on what I read in your article that you're working on, yes, I, it's obvious that we're not progressing forward. Exactly. That's what I, exactly. That substance abuse is only skyrocketing and our success rate is only, it's dwindling. Declining. It's weird. I mean, even if it stays the same, is that good? Because the numbers are going up. Right. That's so when we're talking about overdose rates have tripled in the last 30 years in our country, and we're talking about alcohol consumption has gone up by like 300% in the last 18 months in America because of this pandemic, because the most social species in the history of the earth is cut off from each other. We're now medicating ourselves in this way to deal with repressed feelings because we don't know how to deal with how we feel. And the reality of it is, is that we may not signify or identify it as trauma because it doesn't seem like a big deal, but our mind does. See, our brains haven't evolved beyond what they were 10,000 years ago. That's the thing in terms of life or death, fight or flight, right? Parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous systems, our brain still functions 
on a survival basis. Yeah. So it does what it needs to do for us to survive. Yeah. For us to deal with feelings and emotions. And when things happen, like now, being lonely. Because we're so socially connected through social media, but we're socially distanced in a way we've never been before. Yeah. Right? You get so lonely that our brain has to find a way to cope with that or numb that. Because for us, to be alone is to die. Mm-hmm. On the most basic level. So all of us are dealing with this in our own way. And then you get to this treatment and therapy model. And it, in a hundred years, right, we haven't been able to do any better than what we're doing right now. Thank God things like aversion therapy are going away where they don't get you drunk and shock you until you vomit, yeah. right? Thank God those kind of things yeah. are going away and we've evolved past that. But the fact that we haven't evolved beyond really signifies that I believe that it's so messy people don't know where to begin Mm -hmm. and I think that that's the biggest thing is that everybody's stuck in the middle of this thing and trying to figure out the new thing to pull in to use instead of stepping out of the model and saying we're going to slide that to the side and we're going to step into this and start at square one and we're going to start in an entirely different place and we're going to go ahead and we're going to teach you about this thing and then we're going to work with you to develop the skills and tools to deal with the thing that triggers your addiction yeah because that's what happens for me is that when i'm in an emotionally unsettled state or i experience trauma or i experience harm and i get triggered right i don't want to go get drunk first i get incredibly silent and then i get incredibly down in my head and then the negative self-talk starts and then things come back to me like Having sex would make me feel better right now. Hmm. You know, if I just if I could get off, that would that would make me feel better. Or it'll be something like I need to go to the gym and work out right now. Mm-hmm. And I need to work out really hard and punish myself for being weak. Hmm. And that's the weird thing, is it's not a reward and it's not even a tool at that point. What it's become is this unhealthy re- response that I have to trauma. Where I am going to punish myself because in my head I'm being weak for being affected and afflicted by something that's so minuscule. Yeah. And that's what's fascinating. And then, right, we get further down the road and we can start to take a step back and recognize we're being triggered. Yeah. Or recognize what's going on. And for me it's been very effective to journal. But I have to sit down and literally go into those feelings. I have to lean into them and ask myself... Where are they really fucking coming from? Yeah. Right? Like we had, you know, some experiences in our relationship where I felt you were being one specific way and going specifically against boundaries that I had set. And you finally came to me and said, hey, you know, I I expressed myself. Mm -hmm. And you said, so at the end of the day, like, do you lean into trusting me Mm -hmm. and where we're going and who I am and what I'm about? And I can remember thinking... Well, sure, but, and, but there's no but. And it's like when you said that, a lot of things clicked into place. So then I realized where I'm coming from is misdirected. Mm-hmm. And I'm being a little vague here because that's a private topic between the two of us. But once I finally sat down and dug into that, all of a sudden it became very much more clear to me that I wasn't even frustrated with your behavior. I was frustrated with my response. I was embarrassed by my response. 
but I was also triggered yeah. because of things that happened to me 30 fucking years ago. Yeah. And when you start making connections right. to years before, to experiences a decade before, to experiences months and months before, and then all of a sudden the experiences from a few months before become more clear in the way I responded, and then those tie back even further, mm-hmm. we start to recognize that nothing is fucking surface level. Right. And we have to stop putting band-aids over bullet wounds. Mm-hmm. It's time to actually start digging in and treating the cause. And that's the thing is it's this deeply emotional process that we're going to have to dive into. Mm -hmm. And I want to keep going on this because I think it's so important. So if you guys are listening to this, make sure you tune in. Make sure you check out our article that's coming out because we're working on some things that are really important and that are going to be vital to the recovery process as we move forward. That's where we're at. That's what we're talking about right now. Thank you guys for listening and for opening up with us. We'll talk to you again soon.